Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Wow, Daniel Jones, the New York Giants, and Kyler Murray money. Are we really kidding? It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Good morning, Christopher Canty. What's happening, big fella? Oh, it's hump day. It is hump day. It's hump day. Our producer, uh, Cam Pratt, has uh, decided to grace us with his presence. He and his mustache are in Yeah, he kind of, he's giving off a Miles Teller from Top Gun Maverick kind of vibe. It's not a bad look. Yeah, I, I think we just call him Cam Pratt, call sign rooster. With the mustache, I, I mean, he kind of looks like his own fake ID. That's yeah. what he looks like. McLovin? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll get to Cam in just a little while. I know he cannot be more excited for that. Yeah. And we will also get to the Jets and a very fascinating situation unfolding with the NBA's top prospect, Victor Webin Yama. But for now, we start over in Jersey. Here we go! Only one place to start. Giants should sign Daniel Jones and tag Saquon Barkley. Once you tag the guy, nobody's giving up two first-round picks. They're going to continue to negotiate with Saquon and Daniel. Dream scenario, I am signing Daniel Jones and I'm tagging Saquon Barkley. Couldn't disagree more. That's not my dream scenario. If I'm the Giants at this point, Chris, I am not signing Daniel Jones to a long-term deal. I am happily tagging him and trying to work out a deal with Saquon Barkley to start if he is that important uh, to stay with the Giants. We saw his importance for Daniel Jones last year. Just let's be frank about the situation. Daniel Jones has not done nearly enough to even warrant a three-year deal at $40 million per. Yeah. That, to me, is putting yourself at risk for the next couple of years when it's unnecessary. And let me ask this question. If the Giants put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Daniel Jones at $32 million, show me the team that will give him a better deal and give up two first-round picks for him this makes no sense for the Giants to work out for a long term. No, it doesn't, Carlin, because if we're talking about the difference between Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones and, I I guess, what their long-term prospects look like with the Giants, who's the player that has more questions around him? Is it Saquon or is it Daniel? It's Daniel Jones. Okay, who's the player that's going to cost you more in terms of guarantees and average annual value? By far, it's Daniel Jones. Okay, so that's the guy that you franchise tag. It's simple. Yeah. With Saquon Barkley, it's going to cost you 13 to $14 million on a long-term deal. And when I say long-term, you're talking about a three- or four-year proposition. I don't have a hard time swallowing the money if it doesn't work out with Saquon after a couple of years. What I do have a hard time is holding my nose with a Daniel Jones contract that's four or five years, and it finds out that you're, he's not your guy in 2023. So that's the problem that the Giants are facing, which is why I think it's obvious that Daniel Jones has to be the guy that they prioritize with the tag. And Kenty, if you build your roster correctly, who would be the more replaceable guy in that spot? It would be Saquon. No doubt. Like So if you lost him, let's say, for an extended period, it doesn't absolutely bury your season. If you lose Daniel Jones... You're not going anywhere, but that doesn't mean that Daniel Jones is definitively leading you somewhere again. We all feel really good about the influence that Brian Dable had on Daniel Jones last year. But we cannot set the bar where it is just don't screw it up, kid. That's not $40 million a year type player. And when I hear that he wants Kyler Murray money, 
based off of what he got last year? Well, guys, let's be clear. In every statistical category, Kyler Murray is better than Daniel Jones in every statistical category. And the thing I would point out is the one thing that Daniel Jones has going in his favor is a road playoff win, and that's great. It was against a team that was subpar defensively, and we found out how subpar defensively they were the next week. Come on, we can't disparage the performance that he had in the playoffs. We got to give him credit. It was a credit good performance due. against a bad defensive team. A, he lit it up against a 13-win team, and they won, largely in part because of him. Yeah, I, so I you give him, you give him credit for that. That matters winning in the second season. Is he a quarterback that you can win playoff games with? That thirteen check, win. Check team, that box. The, 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 the question becomes: What happens with the rest of the roster when you have to pay this guy upwards of forty plus million dollars a year? That's the thing that we don't have the answer to. But you're going to get closer to finding out the answer if you franchise tag Daniel Jones and you see what he's capable of in year two in Brian Dayball's system. Now, as far as signing him to a long term deal. Here's why the Giants can push back against whatever Daniel Jones' representation is going to ask for. What's the best place in the National Football League for Daniel Jones? The Giants. The New York Giants. Yeah. So, so, so it's obvious that in terms of being able to realize his full potential and have a long career where he can monetize his abilities both on and off the field, it makes sense to stay in New York. So with that understanding, you can play a little bit of hardball if you're Joe Shane. This should be a situation where you franchise tag him and you say, we would work out a long-term deal, but it's going to be under our terms. Meanwhile, you, you sign Saquon Barkley to a long-term extension. When I say long-term, you're talking about a three- or four-year pack, somewhere in the ballpark of 13 to $14 million. At the high end of that, Carlin, you're talking about four years, $56 million, with 30-plus million in guarantees. I can live with that if it turns out to be a bad deal after two years. That's not you, an albatross you, of a contract. You cut your losses and you move on, especially yeah. with what the salary cap is about to do with the explosion in revenue that the NFL is going to have because of the tech money with Amazon and YouTube. So it just makes sense when we start talking about which long-term contract is more palatable when you look at the potential downside or the risk associated with it. It's easy. It's Saquon Barkley. Which is why you pay, and I can't believe I'm saying this because it's counterintuitive, which is why you pay the long-term extension to the running back that has health concerns. Because you can't deal with a long-term extension to Daniel Jones, and he turns out not to be your guy. Kenton Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. One of the biggest 2023 hiring challenges is standing out to top talent. Break through the clutter, attract the most qualified candidates for your team with ZipRecruiter's matching technology. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. And this is seemingly how a lot of it seems to be moving forward with the extension of the with the exception of the Jones extension. Here are two tweets, one from Diana Rossini, one from Jeff Darlington. First from Diana, it's been made very clear by those involved in the negotiations that the Giants are planning for Daniel Jones to be their quarterback. He's their priority. They are working on a long-term deal, then they will figure out Saquon. The clock is ticking though. Here's Jeff Darlington. As the franchise tag window opens, I'm told the Giants want Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back in 2023, but would like to reach long-term deals with both. If they apply the tag to either, it won't be until closer to the March 7th deadline to allow time to negotiate with both. I don't understand where the benefit of the long-term deal is for Jones, but Chris, if we're going to start talking about 
the comparisons when we're comparing it to the market. Like when people say, like me, how can I pay that guy 40 plus million dollars a year? Mm-hmm. Well, you're comparing it to the market not to the players of the last few years that have gotten that kind of money. But I can't help but do that. Like, we're talking about Kyler Murray a minute ago. Kyler Murray didn't deserve Kyler Murray money. Sure. But he ended up getting it. And if you are going to make an argument for the positive, the sports characters are not in question for Daniel Jones. Yeah, but here's the thing. There is a middle ground when it comes to a long-term deal for the Giants and Daniel Jones. If you're talking about paying him in the mid-30s on average annual value and it being a three- or four-year deal – that's a deal that doesn't kill you if you're the New York Giants. That's a deal that you can work with. That's a deal that, from a cap standpoint, allows you to address other business this offseason. And make no mistake, the Giants have some huge contracts that they have to address with their two best players. And no, I'm not talking about Saquon, and I'm not talking about Daniel Jones. The best two players on the New York football Giants, Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. Two all pros. They have to take care of those guys now. Thomas is in his third year, finished his third year, and Dexter Lawrence finished his fourth year. You got to take care of those guys long term. And it's only going to get more expensive with the way that those guys played the longer you wait. So, this is why you need the structures of a potential Daniel Jones long term contract and a potential Saquon Barkley long term contract to fit within the strategy that Joe Shane is going to use to build out the rest of this team. Because the building block pieces that are going to be here for a really long time, we're talking about a decade plus, are your left tackle and your defensive tackle that made the all-pro teams this year. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers. Apply online today. We are just getting started on a jam-packed Greeny this Wednesday. It's Canty and Carlin in for Mr. Greenberg today. Up next, we got a couple of games of chicken going on around the NFL this offseason. Exactly how should these teams and players proceed in these games namely Lamar Jackson we ask one of our NFL front office insiders on set next Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio and Sirius XM channel 80. Greeny the podcast it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy 
passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This Daniel Jones situation is absolutely fascinating. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN NFL front office insider Lewis Riddick joins us right now in studio. Lewis, good to see you. We appreciate the time. Absolutely. This is great. So, Daniel Jones... Hold on, hold on. Before we even get started, we have to acknowledge... Super. Well, you were getting a lot of heat this morning. No, and I don't know. I don't know why. So. Oh, no, 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 no. You know that that's just Stephen A. You know how he is. Yeah, you know what he does. Well, you know, actually, what he was doing was sitting there going, "I got to get me one." Yeah, that's exactly that. that's Stephen that's A. Hating on. I mean, that is <laughs> that is well done with the he, notch lapel. He, he, he will he will have something that matches this color see, soon. Whenever yeah. I see this kind of an outfit, I think to myself immediately, "You can't wear that." Exactly. That's what or you should. Could think. I pull that off? <laughs> no, no, no. And no, the no, truth no, is, no, I would no, look no. like a 70s club promoter no, no. if I, I listen, wore that. So we're, clear, so we're clear and so you don't feel bad. I couldn't even pull that off either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lewis, you Lewis, could. Lewis yeah, you no, could. no, Lewis yeah, really is can. the Mike Lowry of NFL breakdowns. I mean, that's how fresh he is You know what's wild, man? The funniest thing is not to dive too deep into this, but the funny thing is I used to have like one suit jacket, two pair of dress pants before I started working here. Yeah. And then it just started going, and next thing you know, I was, it was out of control. It's, it's out of control it's now. Yeah, <laughs> to be, exactly. To, to be clear, is that a pink? What is the actual it's color? Like, I, I don't know. Chartreuse? My, I don't know. I don't know. My, 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 literally, my 12-year-old son picked this out. Nice. We were looking at some suit swatches, and he was like, I like that. And I was like, that? And he's like, yeah, that. Get that made for He picked it out. I don't know if it's Sam. I don't know what it is. But it is, it's comfortable. It's fly as hell like is what it, it is. I That's like what it, it is. He's got some drip. My 12-year-old. My 12 kids kids going to be expensive when it <laughs> comes to that problem. That's what I know. <laughs> my 12-year-old son loves the loud colors, man. He does not like traditional stuff. Uh, I'm told it's fuchsia. We're going to go with oh, fuchsia that on that. Sure. That's cool. Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. That it works. looks good. That's that what we know. Thank you. Well, all right. Let's start with Daniel Jones and yeah. $45 million. That, that don't look good. That don't look good. That doesn't fit anybody that I can see. Uh, just give us your read on Jones and where this should all fit for the Giants because Chris and I have been of the opinion that this is an easy fix. Tag him and let him play under the $31 million because nobody else is going to go out there and sign him and give up two first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, that, that probably makes good business sense because a GM's job is to minimize risk to the club relative to what you 
project someone's future performance to be, right? So for them, they would be looking at it saying, well, is there going to be a bunch of people out there bidding for services? Probably not because everyone else is probably having the same discussion we're having, which is he's done it one year. Let's make him, let's see him do it again. Here, here's the interesting thing about this, right? So if this was Daniel Jones' rookie year and he had shown the kind of uh, dual threat capabilities he showed this year, we'd be looking at him much differently mm-hmm. than we are. See, it's hard for everyone to get out of their mind how he looked prior to Brian Dayball coming. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And I am of the belief that you can forget all that stuff because every quarterback, their success or failure is largely deter- determined by their surroundings, their coaching, um, you know, the chemistry in the locker room, the chemistry with their players, the performance of the offense, all that. And it all lined up the way it's supposed to do this year for him. Would I want to pay him $40 million plus? No. I would want to see more as well, but I also am not of the belief that this year was just a one-off and that it's really just all about Brand Dayball and it has nothing to do with Daniel Jones. I do believe it's upward and onward for him from here on. Oh, okay, so it's not I do just, believe that. Because this year felt like, don't screw it up. Don't yeah. turn the ball no, over. I, don't screw it up. But you see, think I, it goes, it, I, now he becomes a force. I think there, there's, there's enough samples in this year's performance that says... It was more than just don't screw it up. It was Daniel making unique plays, mm. making unique throws, making unique reads, making unique runs that, that really go above and beyond just the coaching. I just think that now he has kind of found his comfort zone with the coaching staff and with this locker room, with this organization in particular, that now I think leads to him taking off from here. I really do. Look, ownership said themselves, we did everything mm-hmm. we possibly could to screw him up. Now, you can take that with a grain of salt, say that's just hyperbole, but I tend to believe that. I tend to believe that if you take, let's put it this way. Okay, so we're at, people are having this Justin Fields uh, or Bryce Young type of you know, conversation. Let's just say <laughs> Justin Fields, uh, Jalen Hurts. If you take Justin Fields and you give him the kind of reinforcements that the Philadelphia Eagles gave Jalen Hurts, I believe he has that same kind of leap. Mm-hmm. If you take... Jalen Hurts, and put him in Justin Fields' situation and say, you know, coming into 2022, there's no way he has the season he just had in Philadelphia. There's no way. What I'm saying is it's situationally dependent. It's a dependent type of game. And Daniel Jones now has a situation that I believe unlocks maybe what Dave Gettleman saw. And see, and see, there's another thing. That's another thing that people are going to hang over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daniel Jones said, Dave Gettleman picked you. You can't be good. You can't be. For a minute there, it was Saquon's a bust. They should have been fired for picking Saquon. Now it's, we need to lock up Saquon for the future. We need to go ahead and pay him. It's like, wait a minute. What this is all telling you is this game is very, very dependent upon so many different things. And you can't let things that have happened in the past color what you think could be a reasonable forward-thinking projection. I think Daniel Jones, it's upward and onward from here, long story short. Now it's just a matter of what do you think fair value is for him Yeah, relative to the, just being a one-year thing so far. That to me probably, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and tag him. Tag mm-hmm. him. If you want more proof, then there you have it. If you think that no other team's going to come and get him, then you're really sitting pretty because now we can let you see what, what does 2023 look like. And then maybe in 2024, we're off and running and we sign into a four-year, five-year deal then. So I, I think they're, they're in a good spot. I'm just not of the belief that you just throw this year out and go, no, nah, that's just Brian Dave. No, it's more than that. 
I saw too many things that lead me to believe he has found his sweet spot now. And it's just going to get better. Talking with ESPN NFL front office insider Lewis Riddick on Greeny. And Lewis, one of the things that complicates the situation, the negotiation with Daniel Jones, is the impending free agency of Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you're a general manager, if you're sitting in Joe Shane's seat, how do you address Saquon's contract with the context of Daniel Jones' yep. contract negotiations going on parallel to that? Look, personal feelings aside – because I love Saquon, and I was one of the people who defended Dave Gettleman for taking him because I thought he was a unique, unique talent, and I think he's a unique person. The priority would be quarterback, running back. Mm-hmm. The priority would be, can we work out a long-term deal with you, Daniel? If we can't, okay, you know what? We'll have to franchise you. I would not would want to. I would rather get Daniel signed to a long-term deal and franchise Saquon simply because when I'm looking at this objectively, I'm thinking this. I would want to have it be as much pay as you go with the running back as possible. Okay. Because we understand the kind of risk that comes with the position. And we understand that that is a severely depreciating asset with every carry every year as we go along. Now, Saquon has a history. He has a history as far as getting injured. I'm not trying to hold that against him, but I'm trying to you know execute good business here. Sure. So what I'm saying is... If I could get him at what I believe to be fair value and minimize risk to the club given the position that he plays, I'd like to get him signed to a long-term deal. Yeah. But I'd be more than willing to just go ahead and say, look, I'll franchise him. We'll, we'll just address this thing from year to year. Okay, and so my question is, isn't there more risk associated with the downside of a long-term extension with Daniel Jones versus Saquon? Because of the money. The money is just bigger with okay, Daniel I guess, Jones. I guess, it just, yeah, I guess it just depends on – well, it's all relative, right? Because we, we, we know, generally speaking, what kind of framework we're talking about. We're not going to be able to get Daniel Jones at $12 million a year. No, no, 15 no, no. Million. no, no. So I, I'm, am I willing to accept the fact that it could cost me $25, 30000000 million a year for Daniel Jones? Yeah, I would be simply because I believe there's more to it than just, just being lightning in a bottle for one year. Sure. I think there is real growth that's going to be had here. I think next year could be an abs if they are able to get him some weaponry on the perimeter, shore up the interior of the offensive line. Evan Neal continues to progress. Andrew Thomas just basically just mirrors what he did this past year, which yeah, has been, which one, is of the being best one of the best left tackles in football. I think the guy absolutely takes off. Okay, running backs. The burner phone, apparently, of NFL positions. <laughs> That's what I just heard. Pay as you go. Yeah, and you know what? And I and I hate that. I hate that moniker, but it's true. Yeah. It's just true. Yeah. And, that, and I look, I, I can I have a hard time sometimes separating the business from the personal because I understand it's a personal business. I love Saquon Barkley. I love everything he stands for. But the job of the general manager is to get the best deal for the club that minimizes risk. That's the that's the mantra of a GM. And there is risk associated with that position. And there's risk associated with him, regardless of the fact that he had a blockbuster year yeah there just is Lewis Riddick of course ESPN NFL front office insider what do you make of the Eric Bieniemy situation oh man how much time do we have we have all day well we're gonna give you we're gonna give you as much time as you need I'll tell you what well I'll tell you what I make of it let me just start recently and then work backwards I love LaShawn McCoy I love him to death he's a pit brother all that it's it felt so personal what he said about Eric because we all know like our careers don't always end the way we want them to. LaShawn's time in, Phil- in Kansas City didn't end the way he wanted it to. And knowing how prideful Shady is and how great he was in Philly and in Buffalo 
and then how things ended for him there and probably be and having some insight as to how Eric can be very hard on players. Some people say hard. I say, look, he just holds people accountable in a way that in my day and age, when I was being coached by Belichick and Saban, they held me accountable, which a lot of players can't accept in today's game. Especially you at the running back spot yeah. because he played running That's back right. in the league. That's right. Yeah. So I'm sure it wasn't a very nice ending mm. in Kansas City. I still think, though, that that went overboard, what he did mm-hmm. and what he said. Because everyone who I know everyone in that organization from the top to the bottom, they all say unequivocally, Eric may not be for everyone. He is an in-your-face, I'm going to tell you the truth, I'm going to hold you accountable. It may ruffle some feathers with you as far as my evaluation of you, what I expect of you, and how I think we need to play to win. But he is credible, he is damn sure competent, and he has had a positive impact on a lot of people at that organization outside of just the running back room. And that, to me, those three things, Chris, those three things speak of leadership. And Andy has put his entire weight behind Eric. The training staff, the people who I know, Brett Veach, they believe that this guy is ready. They think it's a travesty that he hasn't been, getting, been given a head coach opportunity. Not given. that They believe he's earned a head coach no opportunity. Now, here's the problem. He clearly is going from a situation in Kansas City that right now is the standard mm-hmm. to a situation in Washington that no one is confusing with being the standard. If he isn't able to work miracles down there, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think the discourse is going to be? This is what scares me about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's a huge risk for him. And quite honestly, it's one where the only way he can really come out of this being able to put all that crap that is said about him to bed is to knock this out of the – I mean, literally have an Aaron Judge type of season where it's just like, holy cow. And that's why I said this morning earlier on the radio, I will do everything I can to support this guy because I think because I understand how much context matters and how much situations matter, not just your own level of competency. Football is the ultimate team game until we don't want it to be, until it doesn't fit our narrative, until we want to just tear somebody down, then we make it just about the individual. But you know what? When we want to make it about the team because we like the person, we'll make it about the team. And I hate that. I hate how we pick and choose. Some people say move goalposts. Yeah. And we move goalposts on this guy more than anybody. Anybody. So I'm just going to tell you straight up. You won't hear me say a bad word about Eric Bieniemy this year. I'll be rooting for him with pom-poms like you wouldn't believe. Because I think he deserves it, and I think he's going to. He's going to shut a lot of people up. If you really look at it and really objectively analyze his performance this year, I think he's going to shut a lot of people up. Talking with ESPN NFL front office insider Lewis Riddick on Greeny. And, and Lou, when I came into the league in 2005, we had six black head coaches. Mm-hmm. Right now we have four. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at the predecessors for Eric Bieniemy at the offensive coordinator position in Kansas mm-hmm. City, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. they didn't have to go to lateral moves to mm-hmm. prove themselves. They both got head coaching jobs. Sure. Look at Sean McVay's coaching tree. Sure. Matt LaFleur, who was an offensive assistant, Zach Taylor, who was an offensive coordinator, they didn't have to go elsewhere to prove themselves as an OC before they got a job. Mm-hmm. They became head coaches at their next stop, and both of them wildly successful. What does it say about the NFL's efforts to in- improve the pathway for minority coaches in the National Football League to get opportunities as mm-hmm. head coaches? What does it say about the work that they've done, or lack thereof, based on what we're seeing play out with Eric Bieniemy? I think, really, really, Chris, I think what this comes down to is the fact that, look, owners can do what they want. Owners could 
literally be using Eric as a Rooney rule, or in the past, have used him as a Rooney rule fulfillment piece. Mm. And that's it. Simply because they can look at Roger Goodell, they can look at you, they can look at me, they can look at all the fans around the world and say, I can hire who the hell I want. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going com- to comply by your rules, but you know what? I can hire who I want. I don't have to fill any quotas here. They're not demanding that I hire this guy. They're, they're asking me to interview the guy. So I don't have to hire him. And really, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to owners being able to make the choices that they want to make, regardless of what, whatever efforts Roger Goodell makes, you or I make, anybody else makes in the league office to try and increase minority representation. It doesn't matter until it matters to Jerry Jones, Shad Khan, Art Rooney. Well, you can't throw him in there because he, no, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't count. But you know what I'm saying. I get it. Jim Irsay, until it really matters to them, and I'm not going to say it doesn't matter to some of them or to a lot of them, but it's still their choices start reflecting what we obviously see as being a problem and meaning in terms of them starting to increase that representation. We're going to have this conversation. We just start. See, you know what? This thing about, well, I've heard that Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. <laughs> it's like, what the hell does that mean? He's interviewed 17 times. What by does that the way? mean he doesn't interview well? What does that mean? Because I can tell it's you, code, I, know, it's coded I know a lot of coaches who are head coaches that either I've been on calls with to get prepared to do games, have talked to casually in just passing, whether it be at the combine or otherwise, that I get the sense that if we sat down and talked about the game beyond the X's and O's, which is really what head coaching is about, it's, be, it's way beyond the X's and O's, I could say – that guy probably doesn't interview very well, or that guy interviews well, or whatever. You know, right? I, I could subjectively apply that to anybody. But it just seems to be something that sticks with Eric Bieniemy all the time. It's always this, well, he doesn't, well what, are you, what are you really trying to say? Mm-hmm. What are you saying? And, and you know what? And we know what it is. Yeah. And see, that's the thing that's just so, that's so frustrating. You know, it's, it's so frustrating. Or, you know, you hear the, the thing about the owner is going to hire who they want to hear. Like, I had heard one time there was – an organization that hired a head coach and in the middle of the interview said, stop talking because our owner wants to hire you. And based on what you're saying, you should not be hired right. with what's going on. So just stop talking. Well, you know what? That speaks to a bigger problem. So, I mean, how, how do I say this? Like, if I had enough money to buy Microsoft, the entire company, does that mean I am qualified simply because I had enough money to buy Microsoft to then start hiring executives who could, you know, and hiring executives and putting them in charge as far as developing the new product line and making sure we're up to stand? Probably not. Exactly. Yeah. So why does that apply in this instance in football, right? Because we have 32 guys who are in a position to be able to own an NFL franchise. What makes us think that they are automatically qualified to ascertain who is the best candidate to be hiring? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My, my point being this. Yep. If you, you, want, you want to know why there's so much turnover in the NFL as far as head coaches are concerned? And why we, you know, it's like, well, God, that guy didn't quite turn out. That guy didn't quite turn out. Could that tell you that maybe there's something wrong with the entire process? As far like maybe the interview process itself. Did you ask the right questions? Are you prepared to be able to identify when you have a great candidate and when you don't? 
Like, it really sometimes feels like this is throwing darts up against the door. But with Eric Bieniemy, everybody knows exactly why he's not a head coach. He doesn't <laughs> interview well. He's been there 16 times. He argues with the players too much. Shady McCoy says he doesn't know the passing game. So that's a reason. Like, everyone is so, is so sure about why he's not a coach. But we can't quite seem to put our finger on why some of these other guys fail. That's, that's such a double standard. It fires me up. It's such a double standard. And that's why I think it was reckless for him to do that and say the, some of the things he said. Even if you felt that way, I just don't think that was the – especially in this, in this time when we're fighting this kind of thing. Yep. Do you, do you know there, there are people who on social media right now take his comments that he made – and they are sprinting like Usain Bolt with them. Oh, they're holding yep. it up. I mean, they're just like, see, yep. I told you. That's oh, yeah. one of your own who are saying it. Mm-hmm. So what do you, don't look at us. He said it too. It's like, damn. Are you kidding? So like, you have a little more awareness. You better be careful when you're speaking on this subject. And you better have your fact. You better be really, you better think through this very carefully when you speak about this subject. And when you start speaking about people, it, it, it's, I'm just going to leave it there because, look, man, I love Shady. I swear, I, I, I was in Philly with him. And I, and I take this, the brotherhood of, of Pitt football players seriously. Y'all know that. I mean, I'm hailed to Pitt all the time. Mm-hmm. But I was disappointed in that one. I was disappointed. Lewis, incredible stuff. Incredible 15 it. minutes there. We appreciate it. Yeah, this is fun. It's yep. great. It's great being being around people again, man. Being <laughs> I know. Oh, I, you know so. This remote stuff. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider with Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. In just moments, we will get to Aaron Rodgers and ask the question, why is anybody waiting for him? Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. I'm done. I'm officially done. I'm done. D-O-E-N done. (laughs) You're done with what? You'll find out. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The basketball and hockey seasons are heating up, my friends. Baseball just around the corner. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards 
for terms and conditions. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Here is Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter with Fitz and Harry yesterday on the Jets' timing at looking at both Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. With them being all in on Derek Carr right now and also knowing Aaron Rodgers is there, I think we're going to have a lot of answers by early next week of where the New York Jets are going. Because I can tell you the Green Bay Packers, they're hoping for an answer from Aaron Rodgers as well in terms of what he wants to do, where he wants to be, if he even wants to play uh, over the next week or so. So a lot of this stuff is all coming at once. And I definitely think they go hand in hand because you're Derek Carr and you know Aaron Rodgers is out there and a team is hoping to get him like a team like New York that does have such a good roster right now. Maybe he makes a decision a little quicker. What has become clear is that the Jets' first option right now is Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And that is just such a massive mistake. Let's just go through this for a second, okay? You're looking at a guy that right now is letting this string out that said a few weeks ago and has said in the past, I'm not going to hold the Green Bay Packers hostage through this whole thing, yet that is all he has done. So I'm supposed to give up assets for somebody that I don't know is going to play more than one year for $50 million, who so clearly, Chris, let's just say it as it is, football is no longer a high priority for Aaron Rodgers. It is absolutely not any kind of a priority, let alone winning. Finding himself is a priority, and that's fine. That's good. Do it on your own time, and I'm not talking about the offseason. Do it when you retire. Because when you're getting paid $50 million a year, mm. you, just to be blunt, you're not married. You don't have kids. There should be one priority right now when you are getting that kind of money. We could all be human, and I'm not trying to treat him like he isn't human in this, but there is an expectation that comes with that money. Can you at least pretend to care? I can't guarantee the guy is going to show up at the offseason if I trade for him. I can't guarantee the guy is going to be a good presence in the locker room. Think about this. He is doing this to the Green Bay Packers, who have paid him $305 million in his career. That is the second most all-time of any NFL player not named Tom Brady. Wow. What did Tom Brady do year in and year out? He wanted to do everything he could to win. And he won seven Super Bowls. You've got one. One. And now you want to sit and continue to let teams wait for you. From your throne, we're all waiting for the black smoke to come up or the white (laughs) smoke to come up out of your darkness tent to tell us what you have decided to do. And it's a complete crock to think for a second, by the way, that he's not playing. He's playing. He's playing because he's not walking away from $50 million. No, 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 no. He's not walking away from $60 million. Oh, I'm sorry. $60 million. $60 million. Because, well, you're not nuts. The Dalai Lama would tell you that if you were going to walk from $60 million, that you are out of your freaking mind and get back in there and get that money. Yeah, I ain't got to sit in the darkness for four days to realize that he's not walking away from $60 million. $59.5 million is what he's scheduled to make. 58 of that is from a roster bonus that has to be paid out before week one. Aaron Rodgers is going to play football in 2023. But if you're the New York Jets, you can't afford for Rodgers to make up his mind. You can't afford to wait. 
while Rodgers makes up his mind and on where he wants to go. And you can't afford a guy who is not committed. Well, well, He's not committed. Beyond, beyond, beyond the commitment part of it, Carlin, this is a team that's a quarterback away. You need a competent quarterback. Derek Carr is there to be had right now. Why are you waiting on Aaron Rodgers? Go full throttle at Derek Carr. See whether or not you can get him. And if you can't get him, then let Rodgers be the fallback plan. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds counterintuitive because Rodgers is the better quarterback of the two. But right now, you can get Derek Carr, and it just costs you money. It doesn't cost you draft picks. And the number that you're going to have to pay Derek Carr is a lot lower than what you got to pay Aaron Rodgers. It just makes sense to go all in on Derek Carr right now. I just think it's cute that Aaron, who has adopted the dark, doesn't realize the Jets were born into it. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.